Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host this evening. It's nice to be on after three points and Rangers don't ruin the weekend. So, a lot to talk about as always, starting with Colin. How are you, Colin? It's been a while, mate. It's been a while. It's been a while, Mason. It's been a while and... Um... You know what, I'm just absolutely delighted we've gone on an Arsenal break. I don't think the listeners would have heard me say that too often, but two weeks after Rangers, it's like it's like two weeks in Mexico, mate. I can't wait. <laughs> it, honestly, I was counting down that clock today till the international break. That's how, that's how bad it's been. It's shocking, isn't it? But also, we've got Shona. How are you, Shona? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better today. That's all I'm saying. So I've had, um, as I said, for being a Scotland fan for the rugby didn't go down too well, did it? So uh, look, today was a lot better, and I'm sure we've got plenty to talk about. Also, we've got a class from the Rangers fans with that banner, non, no political nonsense. So, look, I think the fans were just showing exactly what how they're feeling at the moment, and uh, look, that's that's what it's all about. So I thought today we're a lot better, and we've got a lot more to talk about. So uh, we shall see from there. Yeah, we, we shall. Um, and as always, get your comments. Make sure you like and subscribe as well. And also, we've got Scott. How are you, Scott? Hi, not bad, Mason, yourself? Yeah, all good. Thank you, mate. Good stuff, Paul. Good stuff. Nice one. Colin, let's um, let's skip over Thursday night because uh, that was an absolute disaster. We want try to try and start on a, on a positive note. So we'll go straight into the, to the game today. Um, first, I'll start with a with a lineup. Um, all week, well, since Thursday night, everyone's been saying the young boys need to come in. Um, you know, expecting five or six to to, to come in, which was never going to happen. Um, let's be honest. But I think the positive today, we we did see at least one in there in Zach Lovelace. But would you surprised not to see sort of maybe one or two changes in that in that starting eleven? Um. 
Um, I'll probably answer that two parts. I, I wasn't surprised that there was more young players in. I mean, I think Rangers fans have been crying out for when the team's playing poorly to bring in young players. Like ever since fucking Bob Davidson was breaking through the ranks uh, twenty odd years ago, every year we just say, oh, the youth can't be any worse." But um, <laughs> you can't just feel the loving young players. I I was surprised to see maybe the same well, you know, th- three out of that back four. Um, I'm sure we'll come in the individual players. Um, I don't think we could have dropped all of them, but I would have thought Red Van Yilmaz or Dujon Sterling would have maybe have come into the fold. Um, so at the same time, Steve Davis, he's interim manager. He doesn't want to shake your boat too much. Um, he's only in for two games. It's, I don't know, is it a path of least resistance for him just to... You know, tie with a. I don't want to say the the tied and tested, maybe the tied and failed, but you know, like the probably the the main eleven. So I wasn't too surprised to no see many changes. Yeah, showing up. I was I was quite surprised to see. Yeah, I was happy to see it, but see uh, John Suter in the starting uh, eleven today. Um, I thought he had a really good game, by the way, which we'll, we'll come onto it as well. But just to finish off there, what Colin was saying about the back four. Uh, Yilmaz was on the bench, obviously you still got Sterling there that still hasn't really had a lot of football, but, you know, was, was you surprised to, to only see one change from a defence, you know, Thursday night that looked shaky from, from the start of the game? Not really, no. I actually thought you would probably go with the same defence. I think what Stephen Davis was trying to do is just trying to get us back to basics. I think what he's trying to do is trying to solidify the same defence. I think going forward... We'd hopefully see different changes, but you're not going to drop your captain on the right-hand side for Dijon Sterling at this moment in time, especially the way we've been playing the last couple of weeks. I do agree. I think Dijon should probably get his chance, but maybe at this moment in time, Stephen Davis just wants to stick with the tried and tested and trying to get something out of these players and just go back to the, the basics of the, the kind of like more like a 4-3-3, a using the width quite a lot. I think that the biggest size for me was probably not even Lovelace because Scott Wright wasn't going to be in the squad. He was suspended. And the only person that's going to offer you width in that team would have been Zach Lovelace. So there's nobody else that's going to give you that width. So I wasn't really too surprised. It was nice as far as to see Lovelace, but I wasn't so surprised because I felt as if that's exactly what Stephen Davis wanted to do, was solidify the defence and try and use the width and attack. And I think that worked pretty well. I thought when Lovelace came on, unfortunate for his injury, Lovelace is so wee boy. Do you know what I mean? I think he was greeting when he went down. But you know, for me, I think uh, for the defence reasons, I was more surprised that actually Suter had started. I just thought that uh, we would go back with the, the same back four. So, you know, for me, I thought um, Real Maz was probably lacking probably in a wee bit of fitness. I know he's been out injured, but that would probably be for me. But no, for me, I think uh, such a was the biggest surprise for me. Yeah, it definitely was. And Scott, um, I mean, I'm sort of looking here at the point through the game. I thought that St Mirren started quite well. Um, and then I thought we got a grip. But but the, the, you know, the changing point in the whole game for me was Zach Lovelace, great little bit of play. You know, I think he twists his man two or three times and fizzes one across. Um, and then obviously the handball, which at the time I didn't, you know, I don't, I'd be surprised if anyone sort of see it, see it live. That I didn't see a handball, but Ruth's uh, reaction was quite telling. Um, and, and once you see sort of players react like that, you think, you know, there's a good chance. And uh, yeah, well, just for me, why did it take sort of so long? Uh, I think from first viewing, you could see it was handball, but. Nick Walsh, even when he looked at it on the screen, he, he looked at it for about two minutes. Aye, I know. Aye, there's, there's absolutely no suspicions about that penalty at all. It was a clear penalty and a red card. 
Um, I thought St. Mum were, were in the match straight up until that point. Um, I thought kind of the only creativity we were getting was doing the right-hand side through Lovelace. We seem to just give him the ball. And as I've said on previous podcasts, it's just a case of skinning somebody. <laughs> it's just a case of beating a man. And Lovelace done that and he's won as a penalty and a red card. It's as easy as that. I'm um, really want the young boys to get a run of games now. I hope whoever comes in as a manager is up for promoting youth. If they like playing a bit of pace, then it's only youth they've really got to go forward with. Because we've not really got any pace left in the squad, Balsima. Um, bye. Good, steady performance. Um, it was comfortable when, when they went down to 10 men, I thought. Um, I didn't really think there was much in a game. Once they get down to 10 men, we go a goal up. It was just kind of... Um, it was just a, a formality, really, wasn't it? Um, so I good three points. It was good to see young McCausland and Lovelace get, get, a, get a bit of game time. That, that was the only blow, Colin, obviously Lovelace, um, going off injured not, not long after that. And as I said, I thought he started the game really well. Um, for someone that's only 17, he's, he's quick, he's strong. Um, and I think it's just frustrating that, that we've seen a lot of Lammers, a lot of Dessas this season and, and because of the money. But I sort of look at it and think, well, Lovelace has done more um, in 25 minutes today than we've seen from both Sam Lammers and Dessas in you know, in their time, for me anyway, um, and, and more suited, more direct. Um, so, that, so that was a broke blow, him going off. But then Ross McClausen come on and, and I thought he was he was equally just as good as well. Plays with no fear. And, and the, the biggest thing I like uh, about Ross McClausen was every time he got the ball, we tried to play forward. And, and there was a couple of times it didn't come off, but there was there was a couple of times where it was just, you know, one round the corner. And, and that's what you get with younger players. They just play with, with no fear. I um you've hit the nail on the head there, Mason. The the lack of fear coming through for you know, even extend that to the likes of Bailey Rice, um when he's played so far this season. Um, you know, that doesn't last forever, that youthful optimism or naivety or fearlessness, whatever you want to call it. Um the the more you do suffer setbacks at first team football, the more you are likely to maybe experience nails from time to time. But um they've They've done themselves no harm. Um, the likes of Lovelace and Ross McCausland, just on Lovelace, um, people have been talking about getting him into the starting lineup since he joined. And uh, I think it might be a bit of an eye opener today, um, just having him on the wide right, because everybody was saying he was a long term replacement for Morelos or play him instead of Dessers. It doesn't very rarely play through the middle for the B team. Um, like we've seen him maybe either side of Tony Weston last season before he moved on. Um, he's like he has played a couple of times through the middle, but it has been on the wings, um, using that raw power. He has he's he's comfortable on the ball, he's big, he's got a good you know, he, he's got that low center, center of gravity and can use his arse to shield it, um, but particularly at the B team level, and he's just quick off the mark as well. But again, having having the courage to go and try something, um, that's where a lot of your chances came from. Obviously, we spoke about the penalty, um, but we were we were quite dangerous doing that right hand side. I don't know if you've seen the start during the game. Um, I think maybe thirty minutes in that sixty percent of the game was played doing Rangers right with Tavernier and Lovelace linking up, and hopefully, hopefully. Lovelace and McCausland have coming on and having an impact. That that sets a marker down for the young boys to say, no, what no, I can't take my chance. And as Scott said, for the, the manager come next manager coming in, he show we've got a lot of talent in the B team. 
Yeah, and it, as I said, we see that straight away from, from both of them. And even on Thursday night with McClosen, I think he was on the pitch for 30 seconds and he plays a, a really good ball in, into, into Dessers and, and we nearly score. It's just, you know, frustration for me is we've seen Scott Rapp for, what, two, two and a half, three years, and we know what he can do, and it's, it's not a lot. So these boys should have been in long, long before. Shona, um, I, th- I think Colin made a really good point there about Tavernier looked a lot more comfortable today with, with Lovelace uh, there, I thought, in, in that first half hour. I thought they combined quite well at times. Um, but it was the the, the the chance when McCloslin come on where he, he flicks it around the corner and Raskin, Misses a great chance. He, for me, has to score there. That that's, that should be game over there at two 0 And my big that's been one of my biggest frustrations with with Raskin when he's got in them positions. His finishing is really really poor. Maybe that is just just confidence. But um, we need you know goals from midfield, and, and that was one that should have really killed the game then right then. Yeah, like if you put it to the left or the right hand side, anywhere else, it's going in the back of that net. To put it right, the goalkeeper. To be fair to the goalkeeper, I think he made quite a few decent saves today. I think he's had a pretty good season so far, but there's there's no uh, there's no excuse for that one, is there? Do you know that way? So, and I think uh, McClausen would have been gutted that he never got his first assist as well. So, like, um, I think about the young boys that like I think you were absolutely spot on, uh, Mason and and Colin. I think the young boys when they came on, what a difference! And it just shows you. I think at the moment, from looking at what we we're playing today, it looked very nervous, like as if the, the guys were trying not to do make mistakes. That was the thing, and it was made our, made our, our uh, build-up play, made everything so much more slower because they were so scared to not make a mistake, not to concede that goal. And I think that's what you find that, that Tavernier was having a lot. Obviously, I think it was obviously down at the red card as well, and then being down in the um, was it uh, 10 men. It obviously made a lot more space for Tav. But I thought when Tav and Lovelace were going down that right, and say they were just as if they had a bit more freedom about them. It wasn't that much as, as if the pressure was kind of off. But look, I um, I thought when they, after the Nico Raskin thing, I thought to myself, I thought, well, here we go again. But no, actually, to be fair to the guys, I think uh, the three 0 win was probably not what we expected, guys. I was really going into this game thinking, oh no, but my, my prediction was three one. I was just thinking to myself, oh god. And they, like I said to you guys, I think that's the first time we've had eight shots on target, thirteen shots in total. So. The stats look good from that game. It's just now about building it forward. But for me, I think the, the two young players play with no fear. They've got nothing to fear. Whereas I think the guys that are in that Rangers team, the more experienced ones, were a wee bit kind of thinking to themselves, look, we just need to get right back to basics here. And that's why I think the build-up play was far too slow. But it was all because they just did not want to make a mistake. And that's when we saw so many passes getting passed from the, the midfield into the back. Yeah, I don't know what anyone else thought, but that's what, that's what um, my kind of overall view of it was. Scott, I definitely agree with, with Shona in terms of the build-up play. Um, and that, that leads me on that to that, that second half. Until we get the second goal, it's just everything's played in front of Samir. And even with 10 men, we don't really move them. Um, it's it's from left-back into midfield, out to right, and then back again. Um, and, and look, I don't want to pick him out because I think I have in, in previous pods. I, I know David T always does in every pod. But, but John Lundstrom, for me... Um, I will give him credit today off the ball compared to what I see on Thursday night. I thought he did recover a lot of second balls in, in that second half, but but on it he's so slow to, to to move the ball, and that's one of our our biggest issues as, as a team. But when we've got our main sort of number four sitting in front of that back four, taking too many touches and, and not playing quickly, I think that it is so easy to play against, but it, it also makes it tedious for us to to watch. I don't think looking at John Lundstrom playing for Rangers suits him. That might sound a bit daft. 
but he looks more like a box-to-box player for me. He looks... When he played for see that season, he played for Sheffield United in the Premier League. Sheffield United were camped in most day most day time, um, hitting people on a break. And Lundstrom had some engine on him that year, some engine getting up and down the park. That's why I initially got excited about him signing. But in terms of asking the guy to sit in front of a backboard and spray passes everywhere, he can't do it. It's one of the simplest jobs in football, and he can't do it. He's just he's he, to me he's he's not of a Rangers standard, and he shouldn't be playing. But injuries and stuff. Are telling us just now that he's got it. Um, personally, I would have started with a with a young boy Bailey Rice today in that position and gave him a good ninety minutes. Bill was was talking about before he was sacked. Um, so I'm really hoping that something's going to come forward when the new manager comes in. And I don't see John Lynch from the Rangers jersey again because, to be brutally honest, we've seen flashes yet. We've seen the odd good game, but he's not consistent enough to be a Rangers player. You could. You could bring in uh, other players in the team into that category, like Tavernier and Golton, but Tavernier and Golton, but Tav scores two goals today. That kind of bails him out and keep, shuts everybody up for half an hour. Same with Golton. Golton will come away with a, a decent game, like one, one, one every, maybe one every two matches. Um, that's, it's not a matter of opinion whether they should be playing for Rangers or not, but John Lundstrom is just no Rangers quality for me, and he shouldn't, especially playing the number six role. Playing against teams with a low block doesn't suit the guy because there's just nothing he can do. He'll just run into he's just a runner. He'll run into people all day. Um so I in terms of passing the ball about the back, it's it's been a theme of a a football for Stevie G took over really in it. That's what we've been used to for five years, but at least under Stevie G it was like a well oiled machine. The team moved from one side to the other together and they were solid and compact and neat on the ball. They knew when to speed up and when not to speed up. We're not seeing that anymore. Um, but it's getting that bad that we're relying on young boys to come in and create a bit of a spark that we've had today for lovelies today. And good. If that's what it takes, good. Because a transfer window in the summer is just, it's really come back to bite, isn't it? Asking below that control over budget and stuff. Um, I was kind of hoping to see, I'm probably going to get slated in the comments for this, but I was kind of, I like James Tavernier, right? I, I like him as a footballer. I don't like him as a right back for Rangers FC. He's far, far he's too much a calamity for me at right back. He needs to be moved further forward up the pitch. You see his second goal with it when he's in centre mid. See the goals he can score. He can I've got no doubt a guy could dictate a play. He's a defender betrayed. He could probably throw in a tackle. He can spray passes. It can it can be box to box. I think with the age and stages at his career, he needs to be moved further forward, either right wing or and it's in and it's in a mid for me. Um and I think Sterling needs Sterling needs a shot at right back because we're losing too many goals on that side. And it's saying that we've got most clean sheets in the league this season. Um but we're losing too many goals on the right hand side because of the way Tav's asked to play. And Sterling's already says he's maybe a defensive fullback. I'd like to see, I'd love to have seen Ridvan on at left back today. For the initial fact that I think Ridvan's just a better player than Bonner. I put it in the chat today. You seen how how long it was taking Bonner to walk across the pitch to take a corner? <laughs> but it's, it's one thing I need. I need the new manager to fix this because it's it's really drilling in my sanity. It's tavern near Bonner. I've got to take throw-ins. I've got to take free kicks. I've got to take corners. There was one of the Todd Cantwell down interview, and it was like say it was a crossbar challenge or something. I can't remember what show it was in. And he, somebody says to him, do you fancy having a shot at a free kick? And he says, aye, but Tav's been there for 10 years. 
That's a lot of shite. That needs to go. It needs to go. I don't care how long James Tavernier's been playing there, if he's captain or not. He shouldn't get to dictate what needs to happen is what's best for the team. And right now, they two fucking taking a hundred uh, year to get up to a throw-in and up to a corner to take it isn't good enough. It's one of the things I'm hoping if we get Muscat in, that's all going to stop because they're not quick enough. They're not quick enough for how for the speed that we're going to play it. Um, ah, yeah, it's, sorry if I'm going off topic a bit, but that's my no. bit. I think there's quite a, quite a lot to, to get in there, and I definitely you know agree, agree with a lot. And in terms of you know starting with Lundstrom and saying could Bailey Rice go in and do that job? Absolutely, I think that's one of the easiest jobs to go and do that, especially against ten men. And it is going to take you know we will come on to to the new manager talk, but it is going to take a new manager to be brave and a lot braver than the last few managers to go in and, and, and weed some of these players out that have been here a while because it needs it. Needs it. It's, it's clear we, we, we all said it on Thursday night and a, and a 3 nil win today and so really isn't going to change it. But Colin, on, on the second goal today, I thought that was one of the, you know, good parts of today's game. It was the, the first time I counted where someone run behind, uh, beyond the strikers, uh, which, which was important. I think it was uh, Raskin run beyond the strikers and then it moved Sumerian all over the place and we don't do that enough especially didn't see it enough from City Ventures today as well I thought he was very sort of central and didn't really doesn't really you know drive drive forward but Raskin done it great ball and then a really good finish from Simmer and to be honest Simmer's record so far you know you can't really knock it I think that's six goals in, in seven or eight games I think so the numbers are there and he, he takes it really well and then that's you know that's game over it was a really well worked goal. It really was um, lovely ball across, and I, I think you know Scott made so many good points here, and I agree with him. And but I, I think I probably you know I'll, I'll probably take Scott's points and run with it for the second goal as well. Rangers' biggest issue is creativity and not the right places. Like he's so right where I thought about we rely on James Tavernier as a playmaker. How many how many teams across world football? have the playmaker on the right hand side of the defence and know in the middle of the park and you know because we don't have that middle to front we are relying on it and then we're sacrificing um, the right hand side of the defence and if you look at the midfield options I, we do need something different in there um, I, I don't I don't know if I quite agree that the number six is the easiest easiest place uh, to play in the park I think you need to be very good at it off the ball um, which we probably don't have we need somebody like Kevin Thompson I always make the the point that Kevin Thompson off the ball he used to be able to mark two players at one time whereas other players would you know would need to go man for man that's probably what we need um, Bailey Busquets might turn into that player but right now uh, jury's still out but kind of moves me on to the point of the midfield and Nico Rashin. Nico Rashin played with a lot more freedom today. So has he got to be this playmaker, the dynamic box to box number eight? I don't know yet, but I think he looked much better, much more comfortable today than he did the deep line playmaker. Um the the Steve Davis role if if you like um he probably doesn't have the range of passing that Steve Davis had. So he's got a good engine on him. Have him running up and down, have him going beyond. And then that's a massive part of how we how we got that goal today. Um with the midfield just doing something a wee bit different. Um as for Seema, you know, he, he did something different as well. Um he's 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 not going to shape criticism. Everybody's like due criticism over the last few games, but he is probably one of um 
you know, uh, glimmers of hope. Um, he's he's really really has hit the ground running. When we look at him, was he a replacement for Kent or Sakala? He's probably added more for um, starting positions than both of them combined. I know Sakala had a lot of goals from the bench, but he, he probably does um, contribute much more over a ninety minute period than both of them combined. So that's probably I may be clutching the straws here, but he's probably a positive. The only Kent under. Um, and not only that is we've only got them for a season. Um, but not a very well work goal. Sorry, I went on a wee tangent there as well, mate. No, no, no. All good. As I said, there's a, there's a lot to, to, to pick through. Um, Shona, um, just sort of to sum up what, what Scott and, and Colin said there, um, there, there was a lot um, sort of in there. We're comfortable at 2-0. We, we, you know, we go and get the third and it's an absolute crack up from, from Tavernier, um, which he, he can do this look. You know, he's took a lot of criticism and rightly so. His performances have been way below par. And I think this is one of the most frustrating things with Tavernier because we know he's got that, you know, in them areas. If we get him in certain positions, he can he can produce, you know, a bit of quality. It's just, he just doesn't, he doesn't grab the games by the scruff of the neck and, enough. And I know, I know that is from fullback, but um, look, you can't, I thought he was, he was, he wasn't, you know, it'd be, it'd be really hard to say he was poor today. I thought he was, he was better. Um, and obviously got the two goals, but the, the, the third goal was, was a screamer. Oh, it was an absolute stunner, wasn't it? I didn't even expect it. It was one of those ones that just came up right out of the bin, uh, top, went into the top bin. So, look, no, I thought actually Tav had a decent game today. I, overall, I think what, it, what what I've got from the game is that we didn't play the ball well, we didn't play it fast enough, but see, when we did that one-touch football, we scored a goal from it. So we, we got it in us to do it. I just felt as if today... It was more a case of we didn't want to make a mistake. And that's why it was the build-up was so slow because all the, there were so many passes. I honestly can't even tell you the amount of passes that must have been in that game between the midfield and the defence. There were so many. But what that meant was that the players then had the ability then to think about what they were going to do. And that's why, why I felt as if that, that's why we ended up scoring quite decent goals today. I do feel as if that one-touch finish with Sima in the right place at the right time. I think his stats have been absolutely brilliant. So far, and then obviously with the Tavernier goal at the end, I thought as well we could have had maybe one or two shots on target. I think Tav started off with a shot and it came back to him. So, look, I actually thought today, I thought even the amount of free kicks that we were getting outside the box, I took a wee stat from earlier on that that's the first time that St Mirren have not had a shot on target this season, or not even since the 2nd of January when they last had a shot on target against Kelly. So, look, we've got, we've got some positives to take from today. Like, we had more shots on target, we created more chances. But the thing is, it's just our build-up play, and that's something that we need to work on. But I purely think that that the reason why our build-up play today was so so slow was because we're so, too scared to make an error, and that was a problem when we're out of possession. That's the, the amount of times that we've been caught out of possession, um, and it's led to uh, them scoring another goal. And you know what happens every time that we get a goal conceded against us, we absolutely crumble. There's something I don't know what it is with the mentality of this team, but we absolutely crumble. So I felt today was it was very very passive. But I felt today it was just probably more down to the fact of lack of nerves uh, within the team because they just did not want to make a mistake and get those fans right on their back again. But no, I thought overall, I thought having years goal was an absolute belter. Absolute belter. So, um, no, fair play to him, I think, now. I think what's his stats now? He's scored 97 with his right foot, three with his left, seven with his head. Outside the box, he scored 21, including obviously today, 14 free kicks and 54 penalties so far. So, Look, I can understand what Scott's saying. I think um, when Tav's out of form, you need to drop him. I think that's the best thing to do. I don't think putting him further up the park 
I think he's a right back, and that that's that's it for me. I don't think we're going to change our midfield just to suit Tav at this at this age. What's Tav got? Maybe about two or three years left at Rangers. I just can't see him going into midfield at this moment in time. But that's just down to opinion. That's maybe see, one that I might disagree with. Scott. See, in that point, I don't think it's to suit James Tavney. I think it's to suit Rangers. We need some creativity in there. So I, exactly. I think put him in Safuentes' position. Drop Safuentes and stick him in there. It's perfect. Ready made for. I agree. I agree. Well, I do think the the fullbacks are a bit one of the biggest issues for us, though, in terms of the way that we've used them since Gerard. I think that season we won the league. The, the way that we're still trying to do that now, and we've got Tavernier that's thirty two, Barisic that's what thirty thirty one, and they just can't play like that anymore. So, if it is if Tavernier is here to stay, I'm not sure if he's got two, three or years, three more years here. Um, he, he does elsewhere. I'll, I'll be I'll be surprised if he's here next season. The way the way that the way that it's going personally, um, that might change under a new manager. But I just think that the support, especially if we're not successful, the supporters, uh, 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 you know, that that might be one that, that, that could change under a new manager. But but Scott, I, I, you know, to, to try and you know, as I say, be be more positive. I think John Suva was a big big positive for us today. Um, because the way that he brings the ball out of the defence, uh, for me, if I'm if you're saying to me you've got one centre half that you want to keep, John Suter all day for me because I think that he's been a little bit harshly treated, um, you know, being dropped. Um, I think Golson should have been the one that, that probably was out the two, if, if I'm being honest. But he's come in and, and hopefully that he can kick in that kick on now and under a new manager, he can play in his best position as well because it is right side of centre half. Let's let's not forget that. Aye, definitely, definitely. Um, I think part of the problem with Suter is playing in that left side of defence, which to me is, I don't know, I mean, the way I was brought up, you just, if you played centre-back, you played any side, it didn't matter but, which side you played at, do you know what I mean? Like, but balance or, or a bit in the ultimate, if you're a centre-half, you should be able to play in, it's, it's like basically a spot of grass, isn't it? It's just in a different position. I mean, it's not really much to, uh, today. He was harshly treated, but I thought Golden and Davis kept um, they kept four clean sheets, so you're not really going to bring them back into your team. I was maybe actually looking for Suter to come back in, and he played a, a number six for for Hearts every now and again. Um, I thought Suter would have done a much better job playing the six and protecting Golden and Davis if that's the way he was going to, if Davis was going to go that way today. We play them two at the back. Um, it certainly have been a better option than fucking Lindstrom in the six, put it that way. Uh, but no, he played a good game. Boy, a good game. He was fairly solid. There was no daft errors or anything like that. So, aye, good on him. Good on him. It, Hopefully, it is, come. It is a tough one, though, isn't it? Like, in terms of, you know, I know what you're saying, and, and I agree, the centre-half's the centre-half, but I think when I watched, especially the best game where I thought Ben Davis was excellent and he was definitely his best 90 minutes for us, he, it, does give, it does give you a really good balance with that left-sided player, and it's the way that you move the ball sort of quickly. Suter, instead of playing that ball out to Wyatt, to Barisic, to be honest, there's no point in playing that ball because it's going to come back. But Ben Davis can do it a lot quicker because it's more natural. So, um, you know, that that's probably, again, looking back at Michael Bill's recruit, recruitment, we should have brought in another left-sided centre-half. But again, that's up for a, another debate. Um, Colin, the last bit of the game today, I want to... Just about in there, guys, what do, you th- do you think that Ben Davis is maybe more suited to European games than league games? Possibly, but then I thought he looked absolutely all over the place Thursday night. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know. 
to be honest. I'm not a fan. I'm not see, on, see on Davies and Sutter, they both have the same problem where we, we have been really harsh on both of them um, over the, the past year or so. Ben Davies was fucking hounded out before the summer um, and came back in and brought a wee bit, brought something different um, uh, to the defence when John Sutter was maybe having a couple of bad games and then you know Ben Davies has another game and John Sutter's now fucking Jesus reincarnated. Like <laughs> the issue is the way Rangers are they now, like all our players are going to be up and down. Um, like to, to show this point, I do think there might be something where Ben Davis does thrive in a less physical game. Um, John Sutter is uh, almost like the Braveheart type uh, centre half. Um, it's I mean maybe they two are the pairing. Um, I know like we're all saying that like maybe it's time for Golson to take a wee shot and on the bench. It'd be interesting to see how they two complement each other. Yeah, mate. Where's Alligan? Who's Balligan? Bad, bad sign, shut up. Bad sign. Ah, he's, he's fucking out the door with Michael Beale by the way, it, man. Um, but, um, aye, <laughs> well, well, I'm still, I'm still not over why we signed Balligan, so we'll no rehash that old wound. Colin, just, just sort of stand with you then, and I'll get, I'll get Shona and Scotty's thoughts on this. Yeah, I just want to touch on, on Dessas again today, and I'm not, just doing it just to dig him out because he's struggling. That's a player there that's got no confidence whatsoever. He had a big opportunity today to score. I think sometimes, you know, one finish for a striker can can change. It can change everything. But he went through today and he just didn't look confident. Um, things are just not sticking with him. Um, we've got a problem with, with here, haven't we? I think that... You know, even Lovelace and McCloslin coming on in front of him, a half fit Kamar Roof. What, you know, what are we going to do here? Because it's four and a half, nearly five million, you know, reported that we've spent here on Dessa. So we, we need the new manager to get a, get a tune out of him because the contract is on. We're stuck with Aye. Um... We're stuck with him. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like we've paid this money, we're not going to sell him. Sell him in January. Um, we're not going to spend much more money in January either. Let's be honest. We've spent a lot over the summer, um, and we're not um, we're not fucking littered with riches right now. Um, the new manager does have to get a tune, but Matt, for me, Dessers, we all spoke at length about his goal scoring record before he came. He's not an actual goal scorer. When he's um, when he's played this season, leading the line, um, he's no goal. Like he, he doesn't look as if he's going to be Christian Boyd reincarnated. Um, I think some of his best games, um, and I say best loosely, but he has put in a couple of decent, you know, moments at the beginning of the season when he played up front with Danilo. Where was it like Danilo's like when Dessers and Danilo played up front together? Dessers was in involved in like three out of the four goals um or something that we scored for their time on the pitch. He's a he's a target man. He's no he's no an out and out goal scorer. I'm I'm not trying to justify the signing by the way before MD shouts to me in the comments. But if we need to try and salvage something for this season, we need players to contribute. And I think the only way he contributes is you know as a target man or playing up front alongside somebody, whether that's the Nilo or maybe Seema through the middle. Um I think that's where we're gonna get the best for him. Um 
I, I I can't really see much else. I don't see him setting Heather alight. There's been a lot said. I don't know if you've seen like Ronald De Boer and that coming out in the paper saying he's been a confidence player in the past. Once he gets his confidence, I don't see him getting that back anytime soon. With with the reaction he gets for the fans, and that's not the fans' fault. Like it's his job to you know to inspire us. But you know I think we might see a bit more contribution once Danilo comes back for him. Yeah, Shona, what what's your thoughts on? On Dessas, and you can put Lammers in in the same sort of you know bracket there as well. I think uh, I struggle to see why Sam Lammers was brought to the football club. And, and again, Colin just mentioned it. Then Dessas, in terms of his record before before coming, in, is a little bit worrying. Yeah, I think a lot of it's just down to confidence with me. I think there's definitely something within Dessas. I see he runs off the ball, but he's always offside. But at least he's making those runs. He does get in some decent positions, but they're just straight at the goalkeeper. So, look, I think we've got to get a tune out of, out of him at some point. Um, to be fair, I, I thought today, I thought when he came on, everything was bouncing off him again. Uh, as you said, if you want to build your confidence, that was the moment in time to score that goal, wasn't it? And get the fans. It was in the it was in the the, the Rangers end, so that would have made the fans go wild in that Rangers end. Obviously, it would have been massive for his confidence. Um, you can see he's just taking far too many touches, even midweek. I think he had an opportunity to shoot. Again, he takes another touch. But see, to be honest with you, I actually think he contributed more in the game than what Ruth did all the game. And that's saying something. I thought Ruth was absolutely shocking all game. I don't even think Ruth had as many touches as what Dessers did. And Dessers was only on for, I think, the best part of 20 minutes, so um, half an hour or so. Like, um, for me, I don't think uh, Dessers is having a great start to his Rangers career. Now, I agree with Paul, and I think he needs to play off somebody. Or what he needs to do is not have balls come right into him. He needs to play, obviously, either behind the, the last defender with balls going through one-on-one, uh, like today, what we saw. Um, but when he gets the ball hold up, when he tries his hold-up play, is absolutely horrendous as well. So, for me, I just think we're playing the right, the wrong kind of t- he's playing in the wrong kind of position for me, I think. Um, he's been used to, obviously, with, with us having Morelos, and he has to be this guy that kind of holds up the ball. That's just not his type of type of style of play. I just don't think at all. But like that's just my opinion. Um, we do have to get a, a tune out, out of these players, especially the likes of Lammers. If not, what I'd be doing with the new manager, I'd be finding out exactly between Lammers and Cantwell who is your number ten for that role and keep them in that that number ten role because when we had Cantwell in that number ten role, we were scoring a lot more and creating a lot more goals. So, like that's up to the new manager. That obviously looks like it's going to get announced tomorrow. So uh, we'll wait and see who that guy is. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Scott, there is a lot of rumours going around sort of as we come on live tonight that the new manager will be announced tomorrow. Um, listen, it may be the case if it is the board have done well to, to do it that quickly and keep it very quiet without anyone knowing exactly who it is. But, um, you know, as I said, that's, that's all rumours at, at the moment. But who's your pick 
for for the next you know manager the names you obviously got Muscat, uh, Clement, uh, Nutson, um, Lampard was ruled out on Friday, and I think we was all in relief at that uh, late Friday night. We enjoyed the weekend, um, but yeah, what, what's your thoughts on on uh, you know? I, I'll be surprised if it, if if we you know we, we Steve Davis is still in charge by the time of the the next game. That, that's for sure. Mason, if you don't mind, I'm going to uh, touch upon a point about Dessers first. The yeah, only way that guy, the only way that guy contributes is if he's sitting in the fucking stands. He's not good enough to be a Rangers player. He's not mobile. He doesn't move centre half. He doesn't win headers. He moans when he's offside. Couldn't he couldn't have a coos arse with a banjo? He's effing hopeless. The guy is up. I'd rather Bob Malcolm for early two thousands up front than that guy, because at least Bob Malcolm would win a ball in the air. Dessers just is not Rangers class. This is what I was saying about Lundstrom earlier on. Dessers just isn't the Rangers quality, and I can't see a way of putting him in. A new manager can't come in and have to play two up front to suit him. He's got to suit the team. And why he was brought in the first place, it's fucking beyond me. It's absolutely beyond me. He's not good enough. He's not Rangers class. Uh, Bill has done, done some damage. I know we've oh, touched He's done some big damage. That he's left us in a bad, bad way. Big thing. In terms of, in terms of management, um, I probably want Nutson just because I like his style of football. I like what he's done in Norway. Um, he's beat Celtic a couple of times. Um, he's a. Curry saying that, aye. No bother. He's just on the wind up tonight again, Curry. Oh, 100%. Aye. 100%. Um, so, um, I, would, I would like Nutson. Nutson's been my first choice for DDOT. There's been a host of big clubs after him for a specific reason. Um, that's who I would. That's who I would like. We're probably, I would have said Friday going to get musket, and I wouldn't wouldn't be against that just because he's been the one can under the spotlight a bit. We've we've seen a bit of, we've seen a seen a bit of his football plays. We all want to see a a style of play. We all want to be entertained, as I said, by football supporters. And I think Muscat's teams would give that. It would give a variety in my play. It would give pace. It would give a bit of style. It would get three points most weeks. Because um, I, I think the style I play with teams in the SPFL find hard to play against it. Um, so in terms of he would make probably the most sense to me. But looking at it and looking at the odds and stuff tonight, it's probably going to be Clement, who I know next to he ho but he's, he's about one manager I've not read up on, to be honest with you. So hopefully he comes in, does a trick, does a, does a job. Yeah, I, I've seen them looking at it sort of today. I was, I was listening to Heart and Hands podcast on, on Clement and looking at, you know, he's won titles before. And I think he's recruited really well. Um, at Bruges and, and look at you know looking I think the benefits that you see Bruges are in at the moment you know Champions League I, I think they've got to the last 16 the last two years in a row which you know budget wise they I think they're a little bit higher in terms of their sort of expenditure each year but that's just because of the Champions League getting there and they're selling players they're bringing them through and selling so it, it would you know it, someone that's won titles is, is, is huge and obviously Muscat has but I have got a slight worry about Muscat as well um in terms of he is sounds like he's 100 miles an hour which is which is all well and good but this is a ranger squad that can't play like that right now 
Um, so that would be interesting. And, and, and if he wants to wait to December, and I don't care what Rangers, Matt, what person it is, if anyone says they want to wait to December, they're not for us. We need someone to go and get this sorted out now because um, we know our trophy record is close to, to going. We, we, we can't afford to waste any more time. It needs someone needs to come in now. Colin, have you done any research on these managers? I know, I know the list isn't the most um, sort of... It, do you know what, though? I said the other day, if Man United sacked Ten Hag tomorrow, their list wouldn't be that exciting. I think that is just football managers. There is, just isn't the old school managers there was back in the day. It, I keep hearing this word, project, and, you know, what style of plays he got, what's his... I, I just want to win. Do you know what I mean? We can pour, we can win one 0 every week. I do. I just want to get a Rangers team that is successful. Um, so, what's yeah? What, what's your thoughts on this? So you probably want to switch off with what I'm about to say, then, Mason. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll hop back to last last season when. I think it was me, you, Jamie, and Graham were on the Premier League pod, and we were talking about who was Everton going to sign, and Sean Dyche was the favourite. But and it would because Sean Dyche could have got a tune out of the players at that point in time and keep Everton up. And I made the point that it was so short-sighted because Everton will be back in the same place this time next year. It's it's not progressive. It's no long-term thinking. And I still think I know Everton got a good result at the weekend. I still think um, they're going to be able to struggle under Deitch this year. Apply that to Rangers. Let's look at what we need. In a, in a blue sky scenario, we need somebody who can come in and massively turn around and get a tune out of this squad of players and do a massive overhaul of bringing better players in, bringing the youth through at the right place and, and build for your future. Rangers don't attract that level of manager who can do all of them. So for me, it's do you try and salvage this season and try and get somebody who can get a tune out of a group of fucking duds? Let's be honest, like this squad does need overhaul. Do you gamble and try and get somebody who can get, you know, half a heartbeat out of this um, and try and claw back 10 points? I think you need a, I think you need a very high level of calibre of a manager to do that. Or do you look for who's the best long-term solution? Um, because Knutson, I don't know if he will turn around, around this season. Uh, I really, I really like him. I really like the idea of Knutson. I don't think he turns around this season. But um, and I, I've made the point time and time again: whoever comes in needs to get time. They need to get a couple of windows. Yes, like they, we need to see signs of progress um, throughout that short time or throughout that time that they get. The, progress within the see under Michael Bale. We need some hope to glimmer off it, but um, I'm no one for somebody to come get a tune out of these players because we know this group of players issue. Time and time again under what? That's Michael Bale, Van Bronckhorst, Gerrard. They've all down tools at certain points of time. This core of players, we do need to fucking overhaul it. Um, that's more important, the long term, the long term than just tatty half hours a season for me. Um I probably won't get much support in the comments, but that's my top as well. That's what it's all about. All the all about opinions. Shona, um what's your thoughts on the, the managerial latest? There's there's bits and bobs that I wanna sort of I'll get to question like with all of you, but what you know who do you want at the minute and 
Yeah, well, I suppose the question is, what, what what do we need from this manager? But there's there's too much. He needs to he needs to be better than Pep Guardiola <laughs> at this rate. Yeah, well, I think uh, the manager that comes in has got a massive job. But to be honest with you, we shouldn't really be in this position. I think the board should have had a director of football in by now that's been able to be able to do this in the first place. So I would honestly would be surprised if we bring in a director of football in around about the same time over this international break. I really wouldn't be surprised about it. Whether he'll have links with the likes of Clement um, or Clement, um, then look, I am all for Paul Mitchell. I think I've said this on the podcast the last time. He's obviously worked with Southampton, RB Leipzig, Spurs. He was linked with Man United to go in the summer, um, but obviously that, that that's that it's only going to go there when when once there's a takeover. Can't really see that happening anytime soon. So I'm all aboard the the Clement choo choo train at the moment. Like I like the likes of Muscat. I think Muscat plays a really nice style of football, but uh, I think like you said, Colin. Uh, sorry, Mason. I think what you said there. He relies a lot on his on his fullbacks and his wingers, and we only have one winger at the moment, and that is Sima. So look, I don't know if his style of play would actually suit us. And as like you said. If he's not willing to come in until after um, the league is finished it with Yokohama, because obviously his heart's not really set on it. And, and for me, I don't want that. I don't want a manager that's using us as second best. We're first best at Rangers, and that's all that matters. So if Clement um, has got his heart set on Rangers, then I am over the moon with this appointment. I think his record really, really looks good. I've looked into him. Uh, he's won, obviously, the Belgian Pro League. He's won it with Club Rouge. He's won it with Genk. He's won Manager of the Season. He's won Coach of the Year. He can play different formations. Um, he's also a bit of a disciplinarian. He likes to bring through the youth, um, and I think obviously with him working with Paul Mitchell at Monaco, I think that's a really, really good stead. If we can get those two guys, honestly, guys, Paul Mitchell's going to be an absolute coup. I don't know if any of you know, but he's brought in the likes of players like Stephen Davis when he went to Southampton, likes of Hummin Song at uh, at Spurs and Kieran Trippier and a few others. So uh, he's very, very highly rated. Obviously, we'd have to pay a bit of money to get him, but. I don't see why we can't get him in for the next 18 months. I don't think directors in football last over two to three years anyway. So, look, I'm all aboard the Clement choo-choo train at the moment, and you can forget about your Wayne, Wayne Rooney ideas coming through. Or, uh, I think uh, Scott's got one coming up, so I'll leave that one to him to, to mention. <laughs> Scott, I think Shona makes a really good point there about the director of football, and, and that's arguably the more important, um, and, and Colin said it as well, uh, we can't keep sacking managers we can't keep sacking coaching staff you know that letting the manager bring in six or seven coaches and then you know paying them all off as well and then you've got the players so you know the new manager's going to want new players in january next summer and it's just a continuous cycle and then it's obviously changing the way that we play with the players that we've got um it's just it's just a mess really and a director of football i can't believe that that one wasn't brought in after ross wilson um, and obviously, you know, news coming out is the board um, building want that. But Bill got the keys and got everything he wanted and, and look where we are now. Um, so this needs to be sorted. Um, it looks like, you know, the manager will come in first now, but, but a director of football. And, and Paul Mitchell, as Shona said there, um, I'm pretty sure that he's, he's at the moment heavily, heavily linked with Man United. So I... I, I I'll be very surprised if we can we can we can get him in. I hope we can, but, but and I'm pretty sure he actually sacked did he not sacked Clement at Monaco as well. So that could be a, an interesting one. Uh, it could be. Um it's all open for debate really, isn't it? Um as I just stuck in the chat here, John Eustace is now seventy two, he's third favourite for a job. He's come out of nowhere. Um 
if any Rangers board are watching us, that's going to get a worse reaction than fucking Frank Lampard. So <laughs> do not do it. Do not do it. Save yourself a couple of protests and that, lads. Just looking, just quit while you're ahead on that, you man. Um, probably need to agree with Shona on it. Um, Clement's probably after listening to Shona, Clement's probably favourite for a job in terms. Obviously, he's got a linky Mitchell and stuff as well. I'm, I'm uh, vaguely aware of some of Mitchell stuff for down south. Obviously, he done a good job. It was Clement in charge when. He, he kind of club rouge in the Champions League every year. I think he signed Jack Henry and stuff like that as well, didn't he? Is that, is that right? Is that what I'm thinking? I don't so know. He, yeah. he got uh, him in the, the Champions League, definitely. I think, I think they won the, the group stages for two or three years in the throat. Um, aye, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me if it is going to be Clement. Um, I'd probably still rather Muscat just because he's a style of play. I really, I'd really enjoy watching that football. And I think Tell the truth, Scott. It's because you've put a bet on Muscat to fucking come in into that. That's the only reason you're buying this job. No, no, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, Colin. I think I would. Uh, I'd like Muscat to come in, just for the simple fact of his style of play. And I think because we've not got any pace, he'll give youth a try. I think it's. I think it's the job's ready made for him. To be brutally honest with you, I get what Ron is saying in terms of uh, not having the pace and stuff on the side, but um, it's find it. He'd find it, he'd get it for somewhere. He'd just put young boys out because they would need it. And we would get results. We would get results because of the style of play. I think it would be a really, really good move. Um, but if it's come on, I'm not going to complain either. Um, so hopefully it's, it's either of the two. It can't be John Eustace, man. It just can't. Nah, just can't. I, I, think, I think the Eustace ones come because uh, the rumours are that Rooney has left um, DC United in America and he's going to take the Birmingham job. So... Um, I think they've got new owners that are looking to go a, a different way. And it would, would actually be harsh on Eustace to lose to lose his job there. He's done quite well, but if he gets if he gets our job, you're absolutely right, Scott. There should be absolute up, uproar. But I, I don't think he will. Um, another you know name I'm seeing in the comments there is is, is Janssen as well. He's one that I put in the group chat last week. Um, but the experience, I, I, I get it. But I do really like his recruitment, Janssen at, at, at um, AZ. I think the players he signed there. And then what he sold them on for, and obviously, but to get, you know, AZ third, you know, in Europe, they, you know, they were beat West by West Ham last year. But I was really impressed with home and away, and they said budget way smaller than ours. So there are things that we, we should be looking at. A manager needs, you know, that that's one one thing that I think experience, winning things, and recruitment. They've got to have an eye for a player because the last few managers and, and director of footballs, it, it hasn't hasn't been good enough. Colin, when I know the rumours are saying, you know, we. That, that, you know, tomorrow, as I said, I, I don't see that happening. But when, you know, it's, it's an easy question to answer, but it, it needs, you know, we need this done uh, this week for me. Um, they can't rush it. I think that's important as well. But but at least he needs, a, you know, the manager's going to need a week at least for the players before we, we go away to Hibs. Aye. Um, it, it's a hard one in one hand arm like we can't rush us we need to get to the right but in the other hand like we need somebody in other than Steve Davis and that's not playing Steve Davis he's just not ready to be the, the Rangers manager um, I love the guy with all my heart but it'd be interesting to like put it back to the thing um, I probably am in the minority here if they said somebody like Knutson will come in after the 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 Leeds finished or Muscat was, comes in I think Muscat's got seven games left or whatever after the Leeds done 
I think I would give. I, I I think I'd be on board with that. It's not an ideal scenario, but it's probably better than getting the wrong person in the now. Um, you said it there, Mason. It has to be right, and every chance the right person to take Rangers forward is in a job. If he's no, he's probably not the right person. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what what the rest of you think about that. Shona, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the, the Anson one, he's still got two years left on his contract, so I doubt we'd actually be able to afford to pay his contract out. For Knutson, look, I don't know. I, I, he's only done, it's only been in Scandinavia, hasn't he? He's not really been out of the box since then, and we haven't really heard many clubs apart from obviously Rangers and them across the other side that they've been linked with him, have they? So, look, I'm not too sure about that. Muscat, waiting on him. Look, guys, I think if you're, if you're, if you're Kevin Muscat and you know what it is, to be at Rangers and he's played there as a defender back in his days and this is his, his dream job, you would leave immediately. I'm sorry, but I, I, you would leave immediately. I'm not a sort of fan of these people. I can understand what Colin's saying there. Look, if he wants to take, we, we want to take our time over it, but we want him in, in the building. Why should we have to then wait on him when he when he's finishing his league? If he wants this job, he comes to Glasgow Rangers. So, look, for me, that's 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 not in the question. Um, I'd rather have somebody that wants to come into this football club right now right out now and fix it because we've got two weeks within the, the international break. Don't think there'll be many Rangers players going away during that international break. Well, I would, I would, I would imagine so. We've got most of them are sitting on the, the, the injury bench at the moment, the injury table at the moment. So that's a bit of a concern. So hopefully we can get the right guys back. I think the Lovelace injury looks like it's going to be a mat. Like I've heard that's worse than a hamstring injury, so I don't know what's going to happen to him. So look, I think uh, we need to get these guys back fit, especially the guys like Cantwell, people like the guys up, up front, Tom Lawrence. Danilo, I would expect him to be back. And then there's obviously more fight for places up front. But like for me, I'm not so keen on waiting on a manager. That's just my opinion. I just think that if you want to come to Glasgow Rangers, you come when, when we tell you to, not the other way around. I'm with you, Shona, there, 110%. I, I, I said the same. And look, these are not managers that are coming from no disrespect. Um, big, you know, clubs that are in the Champions League and, 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 and you know, club size as ours no offense to, to japanese football but if muscat wants to wait to win a title there and not for me and the same as nutson uh in in norway um i i think the, the job for him last year i was sort of looking at it it's quite impressive again with his recruitment and that market and i've said it on here many a time that is a market that we just need to get into because there's players that are, that are going for you know to, to, to good clubs and making good money. You see, Brentford have used it really, really well, and you know you can pick players up for peanuts. But if he's not willing to leave Bodo Glimp to, to be the Rangers manager straight away, then I would throw it back and say he's the not you know he's not the right man for us. Scott, what's your thoughts on on, on waiting for the the right man? Um, I don't think. <laughs> see, when I seen the quotes on Twitter yesterday, I thought like so. Where's it came from? Where's the footage? Where's the footage of him actually saying it? Um, because Stevie Clifford says on Rangers Review, was it last week, after we Sackfield, that Nutson would walk to Glasgow. So there's there's got to be something in it. Like, um, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, in terms of waiting, we can't wait. We can't wait. Not if we've got any hopes of winning this league. Um, we need somebody in, kind of. Pronto. I think Nutson's already refused the Ajax job at the beginning of the season, so I don't think we're going to get him. I don't think he's going to come. It's not a realistic target. I think now what you're looking at is Clement coming in, or 
if the rumours are all through, it's going to be nuts, and I hope that's just somebody putting on a flurry of bets for a laugh, to be honest. Um, but no, we can't wait. We can't wait. If the board has got it done tonight to have it announced tomorrow, then fair play if it's the correct man. If it's the right man. If it's come on, then fine. Good going. I'll give them their dues. Um, but we can't afford to wait until the Norwegian League's finished. I mean, we're glad the Rangers come on. We don't wait on anybody. The club's there when players leave and managers move on. The club's still there. Nobody's bigger than the club. Nobody should have a cheek to be able to say, no, you're going to wait, wait on me for six weeks. It just, it just shouldn't be happening. If it did come to you, if we did have to wait to get the right man, we, we shouldn't be doing it. But if it meant that we got two or three years of longevity, then I would probably go for it. Um, but I, it's, I'm hoping and praying that it's come on because I, he's John Eustace rumours have kept me fucking creating my boots. <laughs> The, the problem is as well, Colin, um, with, with that, these players we've seen, as you said earlier, down tools under previous managers. If we get to another situation like we did all them years ago, and sorry to bring it back up, under Graham Murphy, where he goes, right, he's getting the job to the end of the season because there's someone we want that we can't get right now, but we're going to get him in the summer. Um, these players, that worries me with this group because they're, I know for a fact they'd go, right, we're here to the end of the season. We're going to play every week, no matter what, because our mate's in charge. So I think that is another big reason why a manager needs to come in um, pretty pretty quickly. True, true. And I, I made this point in our group chat that the other day about part of the biggest issue I've got right now, and you've mentioned time and time again, is the director of football and the, the long-term continuity at the club. So... We've, like, no disrespect to Steve Davis. Again, an absolute Steve Davis fanboy. He's just a player we are helping, an ex-player we are helping back from injury, who's at one point said he would like to coach. He's now the interim manager. Alec Gray is fucking spout shite with Hugh Keevans. Um, two, two nights out in the seven on Super Scoreboard because he used to play with us. He's got the job. Steve Smith, fair enough. He's in the coaching setup. When we have so many coaches in our football department, we've had David McCallum and the running the B team for years. Why are we not working towards uh you know, why are we not working towards a progression for the coaches as well? Know that the B team coach eventually becomes the first team manager, but when shit hits the fan, we've got somebody capable enough to go in for two to six weeks. If you know, why are we not using David McCallum? If it's because he's not good enough, well, if he's not good enough to babysit until another manager comes in, I don't really want him creating a pathway for the B team. So, and again, I really like David McCallum. I was at the B team game yesterday, he speaks so well, but if he's not the man to do that, if we don't have faith in him, then we need to look for better, more progressive coaches who can come in and do that. Like, we talk about the pathway for players for the B team and before that under 12s right through to the B team to the first team we need to do that for managers as well because we do need continuity um, and that's how we found ourselves in where we've just put okay who's willing to take the job who is willing to take it and Stephen Davis has just been there and willing and available and that is the issue that's going to happen like he's untested I'm not saying he'll definitely like car crash it but the, the risks outweigh the reward with somebody like Stephen Davis until the end of the season we've seen that with Graham Murray yeah that, that's a really good point and, and we spoke Shona we'll, we'll just and Scott we'll, we'll finish on that one then um, 
Collins absolutely spot on. David McCallum was was he was given the the reins uh, for that again. Sorry to bring it up that semi final defeat uh, just before Gio um, come in the door and it was a it was a disaster. Um, but but you know again that's a problem with the you know the whole coaching system at the, at the club is there's clearly coaches there that are in the B team or in the background um, but just not good enough to really go in and, and make an impact. And then again I I, I would question why. Why are they in charge of you know? Why are they in charge of the beats? If they're not trusted to, to 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 coach the first team and make the first team better, then then why are they there? And, and something needs to put in place. So, you know, if we do get a new manager in and he does really well, and a Premier League club comes and he wants to go there, we're not in this position because it could go two ways. He does really well and goes, or you know, he has a, it's a disaster and he gets sacked, and we're just going in circles either way. Chris Boyd make a really good point today, and we should always be looking. Yeah, I think there's just been far too many changes in our club with all these different coaches and different setups with the with the likes of uh, obviously the kit man as well. Do you know what I mean with him um, moving away? And then we've obviously got somebody that's left. Obviously the women's team. We've got a new women's manager. I just think there's been far too many changes this this summer. We need to get some continuity in this place. And what we need to do is we need to get these coaches somehow within the first team. I think that should be the progression. At the end of the day, you don't come into this football club wanting to become a, a, a B coach all your life. You want to take that next step forward. And I think that should be everybody's, everybody's, every coach's ambition is to do that. I think Stephen Davis has already started taking his coaching badges. So I'm hoping that this, what, what you'll see from now, because we've had all the different changes in the coaching structure, hopefully now we can get a manager in that's going to give us that continuity going forward, something that's going to give us that stability. But also want somebody that's maybe like a Rangers guy or a Rangers coach that's within in the setup just now to be able to go into his, his coaching staff. I think we're too bothered about bringing in these managers with their own coaching staff. I think it's time we need to put our stamp down and say to ourselves, no, actually, if you're going to come in here, like so maybe Stephen Davis, and maybe he's not ready for the job, but maybe you could get him in there as your first team coach or your, your assistant manager, somebody like that. I've always been saying this. I've been crying out for more Rangers kind of type or people that have been in, within our club for a long, long time to take that further step forward. And I just think there's been far too many changes from top to bottom within our structure of our football club. And we really need to get back to to where we belong and um, hopefully this is obviously going to be the start of it. I really do think though that the board will be under immense amount of pressure if they don't bring in a director of football in the next couple of weeks because for me, if you want to start rebuilding it, we do it all at the one time, we get this over and done with and we start rebuilding from now and that's from the top right down to the bottom and also as well, I want the board to come out and have a bit more. They kept on saying at the very start, I'm sure we'll go into this in another pod, they said at the start of the season they wanted to engage with the fans. They need to do that over the last couple of weeks we've heard absolutely fuck all from them. And I'm sorry, but it's just not good enough. And this is what we're saying. We need that. We need we need that structure. We need that stability. And that's what I think we need. We need it from the top all the way down to the bottom. Spot on, Sharon. Scott, just to finish it off there, what, what's your thoughts on, on that as well? Um, well, the guys already come in. If Steve Davis is obviously still wanting to kick a ball, so I can't see him being why the why the coaches on the new coaching team. I don't think he's ready to retire yet. He would have come out and say he's after he get injured. Um I think Alex Ray, I'm going to get pelters for suggesting it, but if you look at his record, right, he's fine. He's been sacked to most of his jobs. He's been assistant manager to Paul Lintz, various clubs, high levels. He's managed an ASPFL with Dundee, things like that. He's got the experience required. It's not as if he's coming in as the number one guy. He's coming in as a coach to instill some standards and keep some belief. I'll get Jimmy Nickel back if Jimmy Nickel's still kicking about get him back in and about the club again. Um, 
if that's if we're going down the Rangers man the the Rangers man route, um, I think we've already got in the dugout, and I've, I've I would I would stick my money on Alex Ray to stay to stay and help a new manager on kind of knowledge on the league and things like that. Um, which I would quite like to see. I would quite like to see a couple of young Scottish coaches in there. Uh, me and my dad were talking about it all night. We've not even there's not even any Scottish managers to call upon anymore. Let see if you get back to the time a big egg and you had. It's what you Scotland were shite growing up playing football, but managing teams with loads and loads of good managers, we've got none now. We've got absolutely none to to go on. So uh, I just seen Kevin Thompson there. He should he could come in. I. He could definitely come in and do a turn. Just somebody like that that's got a fair idea of the game or somebody that's going to be all about standards and can ruffle a few feathers in the changing room. You've seen Alec Rainey dug out today. He was kind of gritting his teeth a couple of times when he's seen uh, certain things happening on the pitch. And there's no doubt the guy's not going to be backwards and coming forwards with any of these players. And you need a wee bit of, you need a wee bit of discipline in, it, uh, on, on, uh, in the next backroom stuff. So I'll finish on that note. That's up, man. I absolutely agree there. Um, and that's good, uh, good hour there. Um, I'm sure if we do get any any managerial news this week, I'm sure we'll we'll get a pod uh, sorted for that whilst it is international break. But that's all left to do is, is thank tonight's guest, Colin. Thanks for tonight, mate, as always. Always a pleasure coming on. Um, thanks for everybody listening, as always. Top man. Thanks, Rona. Thanks for tonight. Yeah, thanks everyone for watching. The uh, now I'm looking forward to well, not really looking forward to. I don't like international football, but just looking forward to a wee break now. Yeah, it's, it's what these international breaks do to us. I feel like every time the last two years, I've said I can't wait for this break. Once we we will get one where we don't actually look forward to it. Uh, and Scott, thanks for tonight. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in and contributing your comments. Maybe smash a like button. Yeah, make sure you do, and, and we'll be back um, Thursday to hopefully uh, talk about a new manager. But as always, take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.